we can't really cultivate something if we don't know what it is, right? Um, so we have to understand what inspiration is to know how to then produce it more or to create it rather than waiting for it to happen. Hey everyone, it's Andy Wachowski. You are listening to the Bet On You podcast. I am so excited about this year's lineup because this is the year of transformation and I am joined by my dear friend and co-host, Stephanie Cox, who is the founder and creator of Blue Sky Ambition. And today we're talking about inspiration. Stephanie, this is like such an exciting topic for me. And before we jump into inviting our guest on today, I want to hear from you. What inspires you? That's a big question. Um, people inspire me, for one. I like being around interesting people that I can learn from. And I like being around positive people, you know, people who are eager to learn something new. I can feed off that and I get a lot of joy being around people like that. Yeah, designing your life around that too. I know right now too, as you're going through your own transformation and journey, you're being very purposeful of being surrounded by a really great energy and community. Yeah. And, and I think surroundings, you know, you know, what you see, um, where do you spend your time? You know, is it a place that gives you um, energy? I think that's what a big theme is. How much energy do you get from where you are, who you're with and what you're working on and what you're listening to and what you're reading. You know, it's funny. I was thinking about that question of inspiration and preparation for this guest because what inspires me are words. I have been a reader, you know, as soon as my mom gave me my library card, it was like my ticket to the world. And I remember getting a collection of poetry when I was really young. And I didn't realize that people could just create these amazing poets, not just people, poets, <laughs> could create these amazing phrases with words. And then I got into college and I took a class as an English major. I took a class and we read Beloved by Toni Morrison. And I didn't realize just how somebody could spin these phrases that connected with me on a deep level. And so that's where like I go to when I am feeling lonely, sad, depressed, gray, it's words, like words have inspired me. So it's just kind of funny, right? Like we have all these things around us, but I wonder how often do we know what inspires us? I'd love to hear from you. Like, again, you are surrounded by a lot of people. Do you feel that enough people in this world knows what inspires them? No, I, I don't. I don't think we take the time to actually think about it. I think we're in this go-go mode and trying to accomplish many things, but not having enough quiet space. And, you know, there's this feeling that we're going to learn about, you know, from Allison of what, what inspiration can feel like and probably just wanting more of that. Yeah. It's funny like the go-go mentality too, because I think often what gets us far in our career is our ability to do the work and put a lot of hours in and be a hard worker and that gets rewarded. Then we get to a certain stage in our career where what's going to get us further is our mind and our creativity and the influence we have among others. And we don't know what to do because we've been depriving or starving that area of our life and inspiration is definitely the key. It's like we need a different lever or a different key and we don't know where it is. And I think that's the inspiration. I think it's true. I think it's changing some habits. 
you know, in the last couple of years, I changed how I start my day, you know, not starting with emails, not starting looking at the phone, but finding other sources of inspiration to kick off the day. And it, it's been transformational. Has it really? What do you do? Do you mind me asking? What do you do? Like first thing in the morning, Stephanie, alarm, first thing in the morning, drink water, and then get the tea going. So Earl Grey tea. And then I do some personal development work, whether it's reading or listening to something and then planning my day of what I'm going to do and then exercise. Then it's the emails. And that's where kind of the momentum comes in that area. But the first rough hour is is me. I do that too. I, my morning before everybody wakes up is sacred to me <laughs> because it's when I can get my mind on straight. And I'm with you. Exercise first thing in the morning. It's kind of like my personal mini therapy session. It's free. It's me. Cleans my mind. And I know in a second, we're going to hear some more inspiration strategies from our guest, Everyone, we have Allison Holzer on here. Let me just brag on Allison. She is an author of the book, Dare to Inspire. She's had a few TEDx talks that were on inspiration and really untethering your mind so you can be your best and be available for those aha moments. Aha moments don't necessarily come to you in the grind. They're kind of catch you by surprise sometime. And she also is one of the co-founders of InspireCore. So hang on for a second. We're going to invite Allison to the stage in a second. Hey, Allison, we're so excited to have you on the Bet On You podcast. Before we jump in and ask you all the questions on how we can stay inspired through the course of our change journey, I'd just love for you to share your background with our audience. Do you mind talking about your story? Yeah, sure. Happy to. And thanks for having me. I'm, I'm excited to be here with you all today. Um, yeah, so uh, what I'll share about my personal journey is that I have a mission that resonates with me um, that really has been um, close to my heart for a long time, which is that what I care most about is to help people create space for new thinking that then inspires positive change. And for me, that can look like a lot of different ways that that plays out, whether I'm doing this via coaching engagements, one-on-one -on -one coaching engagements, or if I'm speaking, um, or in other settings. But that's really what's, what's um, what I care most about, because when people create space for new thinking, and then that leads to positive change, um, it, they bring greater intention and awareness to their lives, and it has a positive ripple effect going forward. And I love that. Um, and that, that really started for me in many ways when I was uh, kind of younger. At a young age, I used to like to find time to kind of create space for creative thinking and inspiration. I used to go out into the woods and I had this sort of sacred space that I would go into to reflect. Um, and then later on when I was an undergraduate and I was studying uh, psychology, I happened to study under the leading expert in experiential learning, Christian Jernstead, which nowadays experiential learning is like something that everybody kind of knows about and does. But at that time, it was really pioneering. And I just fell in love with this idea of having people learn in ways that, um, you know, engages their emotions as well as their minds and really brings them along to the experience. Um, and so I really brought that all those passions into when I finally discovered, you know, my career path, which has been 
it's had lots of twists and turns um, along the way in my career path. Um, you know, over the last 20 years. Uh, but I've, I've um, discovered coaching in 2003, and that's my greatest passion area that I bring into the work that I do today. And uh, currently, I'm a co-founder and principal consultant at InspireCore. We're a leadership development uh, company, and we help people ignite great experiences in their work and to learn and grow and thrive in their work. Um, and so that's where I've uh, landed and how I'm expressing that mission today. When you work with various individuals and companies, how do you ignite that inspiration? How do you teach that? Um, is that something you, you kind of pre-wired or can it be learned? Oh, great question, Stephanie. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's interesting because when, when we went out originally, my co-founders and I, to learn about inspiration in the workplace, we were trying to understand what it was because we kept hearing people talk about how important it was to their experience um, in work, but also in their personal lives as well. And yet there's not a lot that we know about it. Like we, we tried to research it. We tried, we found out a little bit of information, but there really wasn't a lot out there. And so we started talking to people and interviewing them and saying, you know, what is inspiration to you and how does it show up for you? And is it something that you just sort of have or that you cultivate? And we started bringing all of the learning and the themes from that forward to understand, you know, what it is. And um, one of the surprising things was for us, first of all, people tend to know when they feel inspired. So if you ask the question and think of the last time you're inspired, right, you can, you can kind of know it. Like, you know it in your body. We know it when we feel it. But then if we ask people to define it, so what actually is that thing that you're feeling? What is inspiration? they have a really hard time describing what it is. And it was an interesting discovery for us. Um, and so we set out to try to define it in a way that's more accessible because to, to um, your question, Stephanie, right, we can't really cultivate something if we don't know what it is, right? Um, so we have to understand what inspiration is to know how to then produce it more or to create it rather than waiting for it to happen. So um, one of the ways that we, or how we define it after talking to um, hundreds of people and really learning from what they said is when you're inspired, there's two things that are, that are happening. One is you have this opening up of possibilities. So whereas before you're inspired, you're sort of seeing things through a narrow tunnel. This is how I see a particular situation or a person or a point of view. When we're inspired, all of a sudden that opens up and things that we didn't think before are not and that can be true about anything. It could be a mindset. It could be an emotion. It could be a person. It could be a situation. All of a sudden, we've got new ideas about it. At the same time, though, a lot of times people think of inspiration as being just really ideas, but there's also this kind of action element to it because when we're inspired, at the same time, you feel this urge to take action, right? Like, have you had that feeling? Like when you're really inspired by something, it's like, oh, I really want to, I want to do this thing. Even if it's hard, even if it's challenging and scary, and so it actually increases our courage to say, okay, I'm going to take action in this thing that, that maybe I didn't even think was possible before. And think about that in terms of what it can produce in our lives. So back to your question of, is it something that just sort of happens or can we cultivate it? Um, we absolutely can cultivate it. We don't have to just wait for it to happen, but cultivating it is, you know, really knowing what it feels like and then knowing where we go to to cultivate and capture that feeling. 
I love all of that that you're describing, and it's making me feel inspired because I, I that resonates with me that that physical reaction to it, and then that action oriented element. I wonder because again, this is the year transformation here that we're promoting, and part of that is keeping yourself inspired. Meaning sometimes you don't feel inspired, and that I imagine is a place, obviously, with your work that you succeed really well. But I wouldn't. In helping again re- reignite people's passion for the life that they're living, I would love to hear from you. When you were doing the research, were you surprised, perhaps, that there are just so many un- uninspired people in this world, or like, did you discover any any of that through your conversations that kind of alarmed you? Meaning that there are a lot of people in this world that a aren't inspired and b do not know where to turn. Yes, to be inspired. Yeah, can you talk about that? Yeah, no, that's great, um, Angie, and uh, observation. And you're you're so right. You know, when we were initially researching for the book, we looked at what was out there at that time, and um, there were some great studies that have been done. The IBM CEO study. There were some studies from Deloitte that looked at inspiration, and this was years ago. And at that time, only one in eight people report being inspired at that time, and that was years ago. Now, what we know since then, right? Like that's that is not right. That's kind of staggering. That's sad. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right? You gotta cry. <laughs> yeah, and then on top of it, you know, with COVID and everything else that's happened in recent years, I mean, we know that engagement levels, organizationally, like um, you know, global national engagement surveys, that engagement levels are going down and burnout levels are going up. So. This is a real issue for us to be aware of, and there's a lot of reasons why you know those things are you know can be occurring, um, and and burnout and inspiration have sort of an interesting relationship. Burnout is almost the opposite of inspiration in terms of how it feels, in terms of how, what it cultivates. So, um, yeah, it's it's kind of shocking that that there are um, so many people out there who are reporting not feeling inspired. At the same time. You know, what I feel about that is what an opportunity, what an opportunity for people to tap into something that they may not even have thought of as a resource for themselves. Because a common, common myth is that inspiration is sort of for the chosen few. And, you know, right, that, oh, no, I'm I'm only the artists get inspired. Only this, only those kind of creative people get inspired. Not me. I don't get Right. So it's this idea that it's sort of off limits or for chosen few. And then there's this idea that it sort of comes out of nowhere. Like you can't produce it. You can't create it. You have to sort of wait for it to happen. And sometimes it does happen that way. Right. Sometimes we are literally walking down the street and boom, we get this inspired idea, you know, or we're we're doing something unexpected and, and ideas flow. But you can definitely seek it out. You can definitely put yourself in environments where it's more likely to occur. You can create environments that support it and cultivate it. There's a lot that you can do that you have agency over. And I think that's what's really exciting about inspiration. So you said agency over. So that word is a really important word, Um, you know, choosing and deciding what you want to do. And, you know, many people uh, who are goal oriented will have full packed schedules and not taking time to go for a walk and and get inspired. So what advice would you give to to kind of 
shift that. That's because that's a mindset too of go, 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 go. So how could we have more agency over our time to seek some inspiration? Yeah, great question. Thanks, Tiffany. Um, you know, we're, one of the things that we found when we were out there talking to people about inspiration uh, is that there are many, many different pathways to where people can find it. And that was really encouraging to me because, you know, when I, when I realized that, I thought, wow, there's a lot of diversity in the world. There are a lot of different ways that people seek things, seek out inspiration and can find it. And there may be ways that some people get inspired that I haven't even thought of. And that's incredible. I mean, even having done all this research, I, I still hear sometimes people talk about things that they do to get like, huh, would have never thought of that. That's incredible. Um, we actually found in our research, there were 18 different, what we call engines of inspiration. And engines of inspiration are mindsets or actions that you can think about or intentionally do that will make it more likely that inspiration occurs, right? So talk about agency. There's 18 different paths, right? To your question around um, taking a walk, um, what what I heard in that was tapping into actually one of my favorite engines of inspiration. And um, I love this engine of inspiration so much that I, I did a TEDx talk on it. Um, and the topic is, is unstructured time. And it's one of our 18 engines of inspiration. And one of the reasons why I wanted to do a talk on it was to be able to really go deep on that concept because unstructured time was one of those paths to inspiration that we found that was a little bit unexpected. Like I'd never heard that term before. I hadn't really thought about, you know, daydreaming and having my mind wander as being an action that I could take to get inspired. I actually thought that, you know, felt um, or had felt historically sometimes, uh, I don't know if guilty is the right word, but like, as a ambitious, you know, um, person trying to get things done, that's not real work. I don't have time for that. Why am I doing that? <laughs> right. And it, when I discovered in, in this interview process, unstructured time is a critical pathway to inspiration. It kind of changed my life because all of a sudden for years and years, this place that I often would find inspiration, which are in these moments of mind wandering that I used to give myself a hard time over needing that kind of time, I now see that time as essential and critical and actually part of my work day, part of how I show up at my best. If I'm not getting unstructured time, um, you know, at certain intervals, I'm, I'm not going to be bringing my best to any kind of work that I'm doing. Do you do that every day, every day, unstructured time? Yeah. So, so what I do is I, I try to pull in unstructured time each day in smaller increments. And I actually have a place in my house that I go for it. Um, so it's near my office. I have a place that I go. And um, and I have a particular kind of activity that I do um, that's tactile. So it's, it's like, you know, a painting kind of activity that's tactile that sort of distracts me enough from whatever else is going on that allows my mind to kind of wonder about bigger picture things. And I'll take breaks where I'll go in and do that for a bit of time. And it really makes a difference for me. Um, but I've also found that I'm someone who needs, um, and I can't do this all the time because, you know, we're, uh, as a busy person, I have family and everything else, but at least once a year, I like to have a bigger chunk 
So I'll, I'll find time for a bigger chunk, you know, it might be a night away, um, kind of a personal retreat where I'll spend time and just have that open time for reflection. And, you know, and I might be taking walks. Um, once I did a silent meditation retreat, which was incredible, right? So I'll, I'll pick moments where I feel like I need a like longer chunk to really get into that headspace. So that that's how I do it. But I've heard, you know, there's so many people who have different unstructured time cadences and strategies, which again goes speaks to the diversity. We're all different. So there's an element um, of, you know, trying to figure out what works for you, noticing what works for you, and um, prioritizing it. Once you know that certain activities um, really make a difference for you, building them into your day-to-day um, at the right cadence. It sounds almost as you're talking that we all need an inspiration strategy that is part of our regular routine. And I would love for you to talk about that as well as share a few more of these 18 inspiration or pass to inspiration, these inspiration engines that we can turn to, especially those for the out there who don't know what inspires them and want to start experimenting with what is the actions or behaviors that I need to demonstrate to invite more inspiration into my life. Yeah. And he, here's the good news. You don't actually have to even know what the 18 engines are to, to, oh, start to do this, right? <laughs> it might it might give you new ideas or it might give you new language, right? But even using unstructured time as an example, if you're someone who gets inspired by having kind of open headspace to mind wander, you you probably know that about yourself. You might not call it unstructured time, but you probably already know that about yourself. So there's this internal wisdom that we can tap into and and certainly you know, 18, the 18 engines can help us give language and structure to how we're thinking about it. Um, but when I talk to people about, well, where do I start? How do I begin to think about inspiration for me and what it looks like? The first thing that I, that I will recommend for people to do is to give yourself some space to reflect and think about some of your earliest memories of being inspired. Like what are some of your earliest, earliest memories? And, you know, again, defining inspiration is when you feel that boost, you've got new ideas, you feel you know, excitement to take action on new things. And, you know, for some people, this goes back into childhood or, you know, early memories. Um, and look at what comes forward and take a look at it and, and see if you can find sort of themes, things that come forward. So, you know, for me with unstructured time, you know, when I was a young kid, I used to like to go out. There's a place in the woods that I would go. And um, sometimes I go there with people, sometimes I was alone, but it became this sort of sacred place and it was, it was you know, pretty, there was you know, beautiful sounds, there was nature. Um, so I felt really relaxed and present and, um, and that was a place where you know, I, I would feel inspired. Um, and so what I learned from that, I've been able to apply and carry forward. It looks different as an adult. I don't have a fort in my backyard. <laughs> in the forest that I go to, although it sounds like a lot of fun. Um, but I have different ways that I create unstructured time. So you can kind of think of that for yourself. What are some of the early memories that you have? Can you translate those types of things? For some people, it's going to look like more um, going to people to get inspired, right? So some people get inspired by people who lift them up or social situations where they feel a lift, um, common activities where they're, um, you know, at let's say conferences or group settings or even concerts, you know, where they're around uh, people and they're kind of feeling with people. So some people, 
it's more about that. Some people, it's more about environment. You know, the, the places they go for inspiration is um, has to do with their space, their lighting, the colors, nature, um, what kinds of situations they're in, and they're more sensitive and attuned to that. I had someone tell me that when they um, were learning about this and the inspiration engines, and they realized how important environment was to them, they completely revamped their whole office. <laughs> they just said, you know what? I, I didn't realize how important it is for me to have the right pictures, the right color, the right frames to, you know, around me to feel inspired every day. And that really matters. That's like, we, we should not take that for granted. Um, so, so there are different pathways. I just want to encourage you all um, and listeners to, to think back and reflect on what you know works. Start there. And then you can always look at, you know, additional engines of inspiration to add in. You can try new things, right? Um, but start with what you know works and see if you can get creative about creating more space for it in your life. Um, and that is an inspiration strategy. An inspiration strategy, Angie, when I think about it, it's, it's basically a plan. It's basically a plan to be more intentional about something that's important to you. And that's that's essentially what it is. Yeah. I love that. I love that too. It, well, I think being intentional about your surroundings, that's something I really picked up on. And you had mentioned people. So I'm thinking, how intentional are you of the people that you are with, the different circles, your family, friends, professional networks? You know, how important is that in creating that inspirational environment for someone? Yeah. I'll I'll share I'll share personally my experience with this is um, I realized that one of my other important engines of inspiration, um, it's the engine called Mentors and Heroes. And Mentors and Heroes is all about tapping into the people you admire. A hero is somebody that you perhaps never met before, but you admire them. And a mentor is a more active, kind of engaged relationship, right? Um, and I'm inspired by both. Um, I often will tell a story about how, you know, um, Secretariat, when I was, I grew up in Kentucky and we were around horses. And I, I used to love um, Secretariat, and I had a chance to actually meet Secretariat in person when I was a kid. And I mean, to this day, I, I will still sometimes get goosebumps even just thinking about it or talking about it. Um, and when I watch races of Secretariat running, um, it it's just so inspiring to me. If I need a lift, if I'm going into a situation where I need to be inspired and I don't feel that way, I can take two minutes to watch Secretariat's Belmont Stakes. <laughs> And I am fired up. Like I am ready to go. Right. And so, I mean, that's incredible. Like, think about that. Two minutes and you can shift your emotions powerfully to drive a different result. And that can happen. You know, you can do that for your work, your personal life. Um, and in terms of mentors, I take very seriously having active um, relationships with mentors um, in, in my life and, and personally and professionally. Um, and I actually um, intentionally cultivate, I've started doing this over the last um, really like six, seven years. Um, and I call, I call it the A-team, but it's, um, you know, a group of people where I'm really intentionally cultivating relationships. I'm talking to them regularly. I'm asking them questions. I want them to push me, challenge me, support me, all those things um, so that I can feel inspired um, on the days and the moments that are hard. 
I think that A-team is so important. I'm thinking about our listener right now who is either actively engaging in positive change in their life or is contemplating it. And you realize sometimes when you're on fire to change, not everybody around you is going to support you. Um, in fact, and I don't think it's spiteful or it's intentional, but it can feel sometimes like people are actively working against you to, as you're on this path to lead a better life. And so to me, having an A-team is so critical because you're going to need that inspiration. But could you talk a little bit more, Allison? Because you see this all the time, I'm sure, in your consulting work, that you have some sparks in workforces who are trying to push things forward. And then you have some people whose sparks aren't as bright or maybe are just waiting to be lit. But either way, they're not there. They are not there. And it feels like they're actively working against you. What guidance do you have for that person who's trying to push forward? He's trying to bravely, courageously go forward in their life. Are you speaking into about the person who's not feeling the spark in the moment? Or, or are you talking or about- Or is trying to get their spark there, but they're surrounded by people who just aren't with them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I think it's it's really challenging um, because you know we're all on different paths and we're all in different places. And to your point, um, you know, sometimes um, we have people in our lives who are supportive of those sparks and and people who may not be as much. And to your point, maybe not by malintent, but just it, they just aren't. So, yeah, I mean, I think the idea of seeking out people who can really um, cultivate and nurture and lift you up, it's actually one of our engines of inspiration um, is, you know, people who give you a lift. It's called getting a lift. So intentionally reaching out and cultivating and finding people who lift you up emotionally is a really important driver of inspiration. So if you're in a situation in your life where you're looking to uh, be courageous and to take action in new ways that you know might be scary for you and they might be scary for people around you, um, but it's where your passion is leading you, um, I think surrounding yourself with those kinds of people can be very helpful to um, help you maintain perspective and um, help you stay connected to to your own spark and what matters. Um, I'd also offer that um, purpose and values. That's also one of our engines of inspiration. So how how in tune with how in tune are you with your why? And taking time in those moments to articulate your why, give yourself the space to think about the why of, you know, a change that you might be considering, um, and you know, talking about that why readily with people who are on your version of an A team or the people who are your mentors or supporters, right? Um, sometimes just talking about it and articulating it and writing it down, it, it holds us accountable to it, and it amplifies the voice of what matters to us. And sometimes we need to hear that more than the other voices that we might be hearing. True story. <laughs> yeah. I've learned a lot in this session. Um, and I think inspiration can be very contagious. And we've all been around people that might not be as inspiring, but I think finding that within you is really important. So I've learned a lot in this session today. And well, I think the last thing is, Allison, you constantly publish and speak and coach and mentor on this topic. Where can people find more information out about the work that you're doing? Sure. Um, I think if you if you have any follow-up questions for me specifically, I'm always happy to, to talk to people. And probably the most direct way to reach out is via LinkedIn. Um, you can find my LinkedIn page. Um, it's LinkedIn. And then the, um, the handle is AA Holzer. 
Um, so that's my first name, middle name, initials AA, and then Holzer, H-O-L, Z as in zebra, E-R. Um, <laughs> that's probably the quickest way you can message me through LinkedIn. Um, and you could also, um, you know, find out more via just Googling. There's several um, talks, uh, TEDx talks and otherwise. So, um, you know, pop in, pop in my name and there might be some um, articles that are there about some of what I've talked about today. We've written articles uh, myself and my co-founders on inspiration, inspiration engines, um, and um, you know, there's a lot of topics there that you can dive into. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Allison, for being a guest on the Bet on You podcast. Thank you so much. It's great to be here with both of you, and I'm excited about the year of transformation. Stephanie, I loved Allison's conversation, and as she was talking, I couldn't help but turn internal a few times just to say, what inspires me? What is that feeling? Oh, yeah, I know what that feels like. <laughs> All these aha moments, but I'd love to hear from you. What are some of the takeaways from the conversation? I was jotting down a couple notes when I was listening to her. Um, I really like the whole notion about creating space, you know, creating a sacred space, whether it's um, physically or time-wise where you can kind of generate some thoughts and positive change. And for me, that was really helpful um, because when you have that positive change idea, you can be inspired for other possibilities. And when you're inspired by other possibilities, you'll take some action and action leads to having more courage to doing things. So it was a chain reaction um, just by having that space to think. I love that. Again, it's like if you need to to take action, start with the source, get the inspiration. I was thinking two things when we were talking as well. I love the idea of going back and reviewing your book of life and wondering moments when you were happiest or most inspired and trying to figure out how to recreate them. And then the second thing I thought of just again, we talk a lot about that go, 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 busy professional, you know, taking pride in the hustle recognizing that you can jump off the treadmill every now and again to find that inspiration that's only going to fuel your drive. So trust the process, even though the trust the, the process isn't necessarily the behavior you're most comfortable with. And so that is my takeaway. Trust the process, even though it's not going to be what you're most familiar with or comfortable with. I like that. And just the opposite. Remember the opposite of uh, burnout is inspiration. Oh, that's good. I know. So, so true. And I'm thinking about where people are today. So if you're feeling burnt out, if you're feeling you've got little to give, get your inspiration strategy going. Well, thank you so much, um, Stephanie, for joining me on the podcast. Everyone, if you want to learn more about Stephanie, please visit blueskyambition.com and me, angieconnect.com, Angie Wachowski. We can't wait to stay engaged. We're so excited to stay inspired. And we've got a few more really great episodes coming up for you.